I've worked in human services around food and nutrition for 25 years, and nothing has caught me off guard as much as being at our mobile pantries and seeing the line of cars, people not only willing, but needing to sit in a line of cars for multiple hours to receive a couple boxes of food. Welcome to the Good and Grounded podcast. I am Laura Love, founder of Ground Floor Media and co-founder of Center Table. And I'm Jim Licko, uh, co-founder of Center Table, a uh, digital marketing agency here in Denver, and uh, do a lot of work with community-based organizations. Ground Floor Media and Center Table were founded with the mindset of community first. And knowing how our Colorado community has been impacted by COVID-19, and our access to nonprofit organizations as our business goes, um, you know, our community buy to business and, and, and access to government officials and small business owners, we want to get grounded in the real issues that are facing Coloradans today and the good that we can all do to make a difference. We want to look to highlight a single issue that our Colorado community is facing. What stops us in our tracks? What grounds us to the reality that so many of us are facing? But most importantly, what's one good thing that each one of us can do to help make a difference? We want to, to basically equip you to walk away from our time together with one call to action, a good, a positive, a cool thing that we've seen in our community and what you can do to make a difference. So let's go ahead and get into Good and Grounded. Pressures are widespread and they're growing across the nation. This economic fallout of the global health crisis has seen record numbers of first timers, the new needy, people who have actually previously never needed food aid. They're heading to food banks while the leaders of these nonprofits are doing all they can and they're still turning hungry families away. Today, we're joined by Aaron Pulling, who's president and CEO of Food Bank of the Rockies, and who's living through this food shortage issue each and every day. Aaron, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Would you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do at the Food Bank of the Rockies? And then maybe a little perspective about who you typically serve. So starting nearly three months ago now, we saw Food Bank of the Rockies food shortages, tremendous food shortages. And what we do is we depend on donations of food through our grocery partners like Costco, Walmart, King Supers, Safeway, as well as manufacturer donations. And then food that we purchase to supplement. And then we distribute that food both directly to people in need and through our food pantry partners. And we serve about 700 food pantry partners in the northern half of Colorado and all of Wyoming. So nearly three months ago when COVID-19 hit, our trucks are coming back from our grocery partners that we depend upon for about a third of our total food supply, nearly empty. And then we say, okay, we're gonna need to spend a lot of money and purchase a lot of food. And we would be ordering food and those shipments would be delayed by four to six weeks or even just outright canceled. And then while that's happening, 
a lot of our food pantry partners were closing and ceasing operations because they're small church pantries that operate with the generosity of older adult volunteers. And we're seeing unprecedented needs for food help. There are some estimates that say up to one in three Americans is now needing help with food, a number that is skyrocketing and continuing to grow as more and more people are finding themselves going without paychecks or having to choose between paying last month's rent and putting food on the table. Behind every nonprofit are the people that you serve. And you had also talked about you're serving one in three, right? Are now needing help with food. Tell us about some of those people, some of the faces that you get to you know, share this with every day. It is gut-wrenching to see what so many people are going through. Like it's either that or they may not be able to feed their family. And as people creep their way to the front of the line, and receive the boxes of food. There's lots of thanks. And so like, we've seen so many tears from people of like, thank you so much. I don't know what else I would be doing. We also have seen quite a bit of what looks like fear in people's eyes when they're coming to the front of the line and we, we need to collect really basic information just for our tracking purposes. And we never turn anyone away, but so about a third of the people that we're serving have never in their entire lives sought help for food. And now here they are in this position, had not expected to experience this in their life, didn't anticipate going without paychecks um, and family member or needing to stay home for health or childcare reasons and needing help with food. And just the, like, this is so new and so raw for so many people. You know, I think what you said, there's this new needy as people are, are describing um, the food shortage. And there's a stigma attached to that, right? There's this fear of what will people think? So how do you talk to those people that you want to serve and you want to help and it's there for them? How do you share with them that it's, it's okay to do this and we're here for you? What we've been doing at Food Bank of the Rockies is every time we're talking about we're in the public talking about, we need your help. Come volunteer, make a donation. We're also including, if you need help, here's what to do. Here's where to turn to make sure that the resource is accessible. It's also provided in Spanish. And when people show up, when they're in line to receive food, that we have people who speak our clients' language literally and figuratively at the front of the line to help them and support them so that people know it's okay. And we, we know we're doing it right when we see cars in line and we talk to them and say, my friends were here, my neighbors were here, and they called me and told me that I should come too because it's safe. That's, that's awesome. That was like a little uh, shining diamond in the middle of all of this trouble <laughs> to, hear, to hear you say that. What keeps you up at night as you look to the next three to six months from now? What, what worries you right now as you look to the future? What doesn't worry me right now? What doesn't keep me up at night is I think is maybe what might be a shorter list. I, I really, the things that I'm focusing on that I'm worried about really boil down to three categories. And first and foremost, it's our people. And that probably keeps me up at night more than anything else is 
we are dead in the water if we don't have our warehouse staff, our drivers, and our team. And we are here and fully engaged. And we have many frontline workers who are on the front lines, working with volunteers, working with clients every day. And how do we continue to be dependent on our staff and how do we take care of them in the process? So we're doing a lot of special treats for staff and other ways to let them know how valued and appreciated they are. And how do we continue to do that? This, it would be a lot easier if we were at the beginning of this three months ago, we were thinking, well, this is going to be three months, maybe six months. Now, of course, we're thinking it's not going to be six months. This is going to be like well into 2021. How do we, we can get by on sheer adrenaline for a little while, but that's our fuel tanks are running low. And how do we keep our staff engaged and feeling like they are, they are seen, they're heard, and that we are taking care of them. And so that's our first utmost priority. The second priority is our community partnerships and how are we showing up for people in need? So we're getting calls from people like, I need a kosher food box and there is nowhere to turn. So it would be pretty simple for us to say, you know, we're distributing millions of pounds of food and we, we can't really mess with exactly that. But that's not the right thing to say. So we're saying yes to every single one of those. Now we're doing like 10 different variations in partnership with Metro Caring of culturally appropriate food for specific populations because it's a, an incredibly important need. And these needs keep popping up. How about this pocket of people or how about this need? And I'm, I, this inspires me. This goes back to taking care of our people because our people, our staff are without exception saying, yes, of course we should do this. And we basically threw our budget out the window two and a half months ago and we're saying yes. And it's not a question of if, it's a question of how. You're saying yes. How do other people say yes in this giant silver lining that we're seeing and during COVID-19 and you know, we're seeing people reach out and, and volunteer and donate in ways they may never have done before. So if someone's listening and, and wants to help, how do they do that? I think the best way to help, whether it's Food Bank of the Rockies or so many other fantastic organizations right now, is by showing up. So whatever that means for each person, whether someone can show up and work in our distribution center, bring their kids as part of their summer projects or homeschooling, or go online and make a donation or get their corporation involved. We've seen some tremendously inspiring campaigns from people's companies where they say, well, I wanna make a gift myself, but I would love it if my company would match it. Maybe we could have some kind of contest or we could see how much money we would raise. And those kinds of things really, really snowball into a powerful impact that turn into our ability to distribute a lot more food. So you talked a lot about volunteers and, and a little bit about corporations and how they can join. But if someone listening is a, is a gardener, a farmer, a restaurant, is there a way that they can help? We depend on so many agricultural partners, both large scale from a neighborhood garden for donating either financial gifts or food. 
Oftentimes when we're getting a call from a neighborhood gardener, what we do is we connect them with a food pantry, one of our partners that's right in their neighborhood. So the food stays tremendously local and is so greatly appreciated and that gets it out to people in need immediately. So there are ways to get involved for anyone who would like to make a difference. I think food has bubbled to the top of our collective just priorities over the last few months because I know with my family, I recognize how much I take it for granted that I go home and there's food in the fridge. And it's not a factor of when is my unemployment check gonna come? Or am I even going to be eligible? And should I buy groceries this week or should I pay for my kids' medication? And I think that it's there's a heightened awareness right now that not everybody has that same privilege to know that they have food in their fridge or the ability to get food. And we're willing to make gifts for those people for whom that's not a reality. Well, you guys are, are certainly doing amazing work and are a shining beacon in continuing to do this work when times are tough. So um, thank you for what you're doing for the, the Denver community, the Colorado community and beyond up into Wyoming. Um, we appreciate the time to, to tell your story um, here on Good and Grounded and, and um, hopefully get some people um, more uh, educated about um, you know food shortages, the need for food, and what we all as community members might be able to do to help. So thank you so much for your time, Aaron. Um, we appreciate it a lot. Thank you, Jim and Laura, for helping to shine a light on what is such a critical issue right now. We appreciate it. So big thanks to Aaron for joining us on our first episode here. Obviously, lots of ways to give to the Food Bank of the Rockies. Um, Aaron's told us that the easiest way to either give financially, to sign up to volunteer, to find a way to connect products either through your work or through your home garden to, to food pantries is to go to their website, uh, which is foodbankrockies.org and click the Get Involved button uh, to find out how you might want to give back and help them in this time of need. Um, one of the things and one of the goals for this podcast that we wanted to, to leave you all with was just one cool thing. We want to highlight something that's happening in our local community that, that leaves us uh, feeling a little bit more upbeat, that shows us there is some humanity out there, and that, that kind of leaves on a positive note. So I think Laura has one cool thing for our first episode. In our family, we do roses and thorns every night where we talk about the best thing that happened during our day and the worst thing that happened in our day. And my 11-year-old decided to add what um, the silver lining was of the day when he was sheltering at home. And the first thing he did as part of his silver lining was go next door to our elderly neighbor and made, wrote her a note and said, anytime you need me to go grocery shopping with my mom for you, let me know. And so our next door neighbor sends us lists back and forth um, in our mailbox about what she needs. And I love that. That's our one cool thing that my 11-year-old did with our family. It's amazing to see how something as horrible as uh, COVID-19 and everything that's happened over the past three months has brought community together. And I think that's what, Laura, you and I love about this opportunity to, to shine some light through this podcast on our community and what's happening. I hope you've enjoyed the first episode. Um, you can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes. Please uh, subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends. 
Uh, we'll also be anywhere else you can find or listen to your podcast moving forward. Uh, goodandgrouted.com, goodandgrouted.org is our website. Uh, please uh, share with your friends, and we'll be back with a new episode here soon. Mm-hmm.